Welcome to Play Hard and Love Big Radio, the home of Spotted Dog Yoga in Folsom, California. And now your host. He thinks some serious meditation, yoga practice, and self-inquiry is a way for you to connect to your center and live a more powerful and purposeful life. Nick Clark. What's up, everyone? My name is Nick Clark, and I am your host for Play Hard and Love Big Radio. I'm coming to you tonight from Eagle, Idaho, which is just outside of Boise, Idaho. My wife and I, Katie, are co-founders of Spotted Dog Yoga and Sup Shop in Folsom, California, as well as very proud retailers of Holly Gear inflatable paddle boards. We have an amazing show for you tonight, as you and I both have an incredible opportunity to get to know a man they call the river sup guy gava day sartoni is with us this evening and he's going to share with us why it is that he got into paddle boarding and why he's so passionate about sharing paddle boarding and specifically paddle boarding on the river with people Davide, it's so great to have you on the show this evening. Thank you so much for being here. One of the things that I was drawn to the most when I very first learned about you was your Italian heritage. We talked briefly about how my grandfather, Dominic, was born in the northeastern part of Italy, and I know you're from Florence. What was it like growing up in Italy? Well, uh, welcome uh, to the show, and I'm pretty excited to be here. Um, I was born... uh, in Florence, Italy, uh, right in the, the capital of, uh, of the Renaissance, uh, right in the middle of Tuscany, and uh, grew up right in the city. Um, Italian father, uh, American mother, who was a, a tourist and ended up taking a 18-year uh, uh, vacation in, uh, in Italy, so to speak, and uh, um, thankful for a thief that stole her uh, passport when she was there as a tourist. Ended up having to extend her stay, met my dad, and next thing you know, I'm, I'm coming along. So um, uh, when I was about five, we moved uh, uh, from the city to the um, wine country uh, just outside Florence and uh, uh, grew up in the hills there. Um, not a uh, worry in the world, you know, like you're sort of in the middle of nowhere in the back country in Italy, you know, and uh Growing up in, around uh, um, very historic um, buildings, uh, I mean that the church that I um, went to on Sundays when I was a kid was from like the 1300s, you know. So uh, Dante's uh, um, summer house was just down the hill from it, and his uh, the girl that he was in love with, her house was her family house, Beatrice's was uh, up the hill from the church, you know. So I always used to think that they used to meet in secret at the church on Sundays, you know, so <laughs> drinking wine when I was like, you know, a kid, you know, like all Italian kids do. And uh, um, yeah, that was, that was the life back then. And so and how then, long did, were you in Italy, David? 
Um, I was there until I was 14. And then uh, my parents uh, decided to go their separate uh, ways. And my mom brought me to the, the States, moving to, uh, to Florida as a freshman in high school. Uh, so going from a, a middle school of maybe like 50 or 60 kids uh, to a public school in Tallahassee, Florida with you know, a couple thousand kids. It was uh, quite, quite, a big, quite a big change, you know, <laughs> especially not speaking the language very well at all. So, um, but, you know, persevered and uh, here I am. So how did it happen, Davide? How did you get into paddleboarding and how did you extend and expand your paddleboarding expertise into river stand-up paddleboarding? So, um, you know, truth be told, I, I grew up um, with a, a pretty healthy dislike of water. You know, if, if, we, if me and some friends went to a natural spring in Florida or some great swimming hole in uh, river in California, I would be the person that was sitting on the side while everybody else was playing in the water. I've never really liked water for most of my life. And then... Um, I guess about seven years ago now, maybe eight years ago now, um, my wife Jeannie tricked me into trying stand-up paddleboarding <laughs> on uh, on Lake Tahoe, and uh, I was like, "Great, another another water sport that I'm I'm just not gonna like, you know." And uh, but you know, um, I'm gonna give it a go, you know, see if uh, make her make her day, you know. And uh, within maybe 15, 20 minutes of being on a board on Lake Tahoe and gliding along, I was just like mesmerized and captivated um, of the ability to like see what was under the board and gliding over this, you know, fluid, you know? And I was just like, wow, this is amazing. And uh, I have a big skiing background. So I immediately felt like there was like um, a way that I could continue my ski training in the summertime because a lot of the, the movement patterns in, in flat water stand up paddleboarding are similar to what you're doing cross-country skiing and I thought oh wow, there's great possibility there I mean no idea at that time that there was even like a whitewater uh, world out there you know but within about two years of uh, a flat water supping we found the river uh, we found that um, we could take sups on rivers and were uh, completely captivated at the same time we um quickly realized that we didn't know what we were doing. You know, we didn't have the right gear. Um, we didn't understand hydrology of rivers. Uh, we didn't know what were hazards that we need to be worried about. Um, and so Jeannie suggested that we take a class. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I started scouring the internet. You know, this was now about six years ago uh, or so. And uh, at the time there was nobody near Reno, Nevada, you know, that was providing um, whitewater sup instruction. And we found uh, the closest place, or at least the place that we could find was in Colorado. And it just so happened that this summer we were headed to Colorado to visit some of her family and then going to Montana for a family reunion. So we're like, let's make this happen. So we scheduled a class. And that was probably one of the funnest outdoor days that we've ever had together was that class on the Colorado River uh, with uh, Stand Up Colorado. And, uh, you know, that, that one day became quickly an obsession, right? And uh, all the other sports that I was heavily involved with, you know, skiing, climbing, those quickly became something that took a back seat to the river. And uh, the next challenge was finding other people to be able to do it with, right? Because mm -hmm. 
there wasn't there wasn't many folks in our area that did it and so initially i started going out with kayakers and rafters and uh getting a lot of weird looks you know um <laughs> just, you know i'm on you know i'm showing up on a craft that they totally do not understand and they have no idea what kind of liability i'm going to be on the river you know so um so that was you know that was a challenge but um um you know as my skills uh, became better um folks started to see that i was actually a, a useful member of a of a paddling group and not just somebody that they had to be worried about and you know i took river rescue classes and uh, started getting involved with the, the paddling community in the, in reno and the paddling community in california uh, volunteering for some of the, the paddling clubs and going to a lot of the, the events that the clubs were putting together just kind of like getting myself out there so people would realize oh there's a whole other sport out there that's new and we know very little about but you know, some people actually are doing it in a very safe way, you know, mm-hmm. and that led me to, um, you know, figuring out ways of getting other people into it, you know, because there was no other schools here that were providing instructions or rentals or anything like that for equipment. I quickly realized that um, if I wanted to grow the sport in our area, I would have to step up, you know, and um, find a path to uh, certifications so I could actually teach and the America American Canoe and Kayak Association offers a curriculum for stand-up paddleboard instructors that want to teach the sport on the river. So I, I went through the process of getting certified uh, through them and uh, made the big step of uh, um, wanting to open my own school, you know. And uh, the next challenge was the fact that, that there's no availability for permits on our on our river, you know, in California, where a lot of the, the whitewater um action happens on the South Fork American. So I had to found, I had to find, you know, like a kindred outfitter um, that was providing, you know, instructions or trips on the river um, to partner with uh, and, and join so that I could start offering, uh, offering lessons. And so that was two and a half years ago now. So my, my first days on the South Fork American river, there was nobody else on stand up paddleboards at all you know that i have that i had seen and then you know over the the next couple of years we started finding a few more folks uh, and then as i started providing lesson you know that the numbers grew but you know I, i've been commenting with my friends um you know as, as as soon as last season so last year um i would know everybody that was stand-up paddleboarding on the river and this year um, when I go to the South Fork on any given weekend, I see somebody who's stand up paddleboarding down river that I've never seen before, uh, that has not taken a class from me. So there's, there's this exponential growth now of the sport, you know, and, uh, uh, there's still folks out there that are getting on the river that don't have maybe the, uh, the safest practices or, or the right gear, but, you know, we're working as a community to be able to educate people of what those practices and equipment is because we don't want people to get hurt um, uh, because of something that they don't know, right? So the education piece is huge. Whether you're taking a class or not, it's important for folks to become educated. So the more of these uh, podcasts that we can put out there uh, to provide awareness of the sport um, and how to do it safely, I think the better we are, you know, the more 
publicity we can bring to it, uh, the better we all are going to be for it. Okay. Well, if you hear some water in the background, because my sprinklers just went on, it's not because I'm barreling through white water on my stand-up paddleboard, not yet at least. You know, the first time, Davide, that I saw videos of people stand-up paddleboarding through white water, um, class three, four, rapids and whatnot, I thought a little bit, I, I felt this shot of adrenaline go up my spine and I thought, oh, that's kind of crazy and it looks super fun. And I honestly think that's why I like it so much. I also am really interested in the surfing aspect of stand-up paddleboarding on the river. Uh, would you tell us about what your experience is like, what the feeling is like stand-up paddleboarding down a river? And can you also touch on the facet of surf paddleboarding and what that the whole thing is about? Yeah, I would say that the adrenaline is definitely part of it. But, you know, a lot of the other sports that I used to do were adrenaline sports. And uh, there's there's something different about the river and stand-up paddleboarding on the river uh, than I experienced in the other sports, partly because the river is such a dynamic environment, right? Even a rapid that you paddle on a regular basis, if the flow is slightly different, it's going to feel different. You know, every wave is a little bit different. Uh, every hole is a little bit different. So the environment is, is, is dynamic and it requires that you are on at your A game, right? Because if you're not at your A game, you're going to be swimming. Um, I mean, you've got to be uh, present. You've got to be present. You've got to be present. That's Absolutely. it. And uh, uh, oftentimes, there is no time for thinking. You have to be able to react. Uh, and what I love about that is uh, um, the fact that, you know, once you get a certain level of proficiency, your body just knows what to do when it finds itself in those situations. Uh, and so you don't have to think about what you're going to do. You're just reacting. And I just love that feeling of, of react, uh, constantly reacting through uh, this dynamic environment. And on a vessel that, you know, many would argue, including myself, is probably not the best vessel for moving in that medium. But the challenge of being able to stay on it, because your feet are not glued, they're not strapped. Your feet are just, you know, it's just friction holding your feet and, and, and gravity holding your feet, your feet and your body on that board, right? So figuring out ways of staying on that board in the middle of this crazy dynamic environment is just, is just uh, um, addicting, you know? Oh man, I can especially see. You, especially once you start having success doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, you know, you brought up surfing on the river. Uh, Stand-up surfing on the river is like a whole other aspect of the sport. Um, when I, when I, you know, initially I started as a downriver paddler and then progressed to also uh, stand-up surfing. And when I started stand-up surfing, I discovered, wow, this is like a whole other sport, you know, because when you're, when you're typically moving downriver, you're in a stance that resemble more like a skier stance. But when you're surfing on a river wave, you're in a stance that resemble more the stance of a snowboarder or a surfer. So it's like, oh, wow. Now I'm relearning how to be on a board. I'm relearning how to engage my, my rails or my edges, you know, and, and maneuver. Um, so the river and the sport offers so many options for people. You know, there's folks that like to uh, put all their camping gear on their boards and do, you know, self-supported trips. Uh, so there, there's so many different options. And because rivers come uh, really calm, 
and they come really rowdy, uh, you have the ability to like turn the dial, you know, and custom your own level of excitement that you want based on what you're ready for. So um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing sport. I think a lot of folks still see it as something that is like very extreme, which can absolutely be at the, at the most extreme level. But it's something that it also is within and reach of most athletic folks of all ages. I mean, I've had folks as as old as 80 years old in my classes, you know. Uh, so I can tell you that if you're athletic, uh, age is not a factor for this sport, you know. Um, and you can pick and choose rivers um, that are more suited for the level of excitement that you want. So uh, it's a great sport and I can't wait to get more people into it. I'm glad you said that. It's really neat to feel like anybody can do this sport. What are a few tips that you would give to somebody who's a stand-up paddleboarder who is interested in getting into river stand-up paddleboarding? Yeah, so great question. Um, a lot of it has to do with their background because beginners is a very broad term when it comes to folks that take my beginner classes, for instance. A beginner could be somebody who... Um, has sup on oceans and lakes, but has, has no river experience, and they're going to take a sup on the river. That could be a beginner. Um, a beginner could be a whitewater kayaker that has been on the river for decades, but has very limited sup experience. But now they want to try standing up on the river. Um, so those are those are two different classes of of beginners. I would say that um, um, if you are in the first group. Um, make sure that you understand the river that you're going on before you take your first steps on the river. And that could mean uh, finding other people that are familiar with that river section to go down with. They don't have to be stand-up paddleboarders. They could be kayakers. They could be canoers. They could be rafters. But make sure that you go with somebody who is familiar with that, with that river section and the hazards that are present. Uh, understanding you know, how flows work on a river can be kind of complicated. Uh, and so um, that's something that's important to you. So going with somebody who knows that section would be helpful for that as well. Um, and then making sure that you're on the right gear, right? So um, I often see ocean surfers that come surf uh, river waves and they don't have a lot of respect for the environment. Uh, and they're using their same practices and equipment that they use on the ocean, on the river. And uh, they're either uh, not open to understanding the hazard and the environment that they're in or they just don't care you know and it could be somewhere within a, a wide spectrum there so something for instance like uh, a sup leash that we wear on lakes that we wear in the ocean that's um, a very good thing to have right because getting separated from your board on a windy day on a lake could be a very dangerous thing right um, an ankle leash on a river is very deadly right we've had a lot of uh, incidents um, unfortunately, of folks that have gone on rivers and have gotten their leash tangled around some type of snag, rock, uh, and have been unable to free themselves of it and unfortunately resulting in a drowning. So if the option is wear an ankle leash or don't wear a leash, the better option is don't wear a leash, right? Um, they make very specific quick-release leashes that are used down rivers. So if you're gonna wear a leash, make sure you wear the correct one. Um, and there's a lot of information online that you can find. Uh, there's information on my website that people can find uh, related to uh, the, right, the right equipment. And along with the leash also is a PFD. 
right? So we want to see personal flotation device, you know, that's dedicated, not something that you're going to have to inflate once you fall in the water, a helmet, uh, appropriate footwear and clothing that's going to be insulating your body in the event of a long, cold, cold swim. So having the equipment would be something that you'd want to know as a beginner, right? Going on the river. What is your schedule like this summer? What are your weekend workshops that you have coming up in the Coloma area on stand-up paddleboarding in the river? And what does it look like for me or anyone who decides that they would like to learn how to stand-up paddleboard in the river or expand their experience of stand-up paddleboarding in the river? Yeah, so I offer um, uh, classes. Uh, they're one-day classes. They run from like 9.30 to 4. Uh, and they're all for, for all ability levels. So I have group classes for... Uh, folks that I would classify in the beginner river subgroup. I have classes for intermediate and advanced folks. Um, and uh, um, I'll pick the beginner class, for instance. You know, we, we, we meet by the river. Um, we get an overview of the equipment. Um, we, we step onto a portion of the river that's relatively mellow so we can understand how to move on this equipment that may feel a little bit different. Um, if, if somebody is using a, a river sub, they'll realize quickly that it's much different than a, a sup that they would use in the ocean or, um, or on a lake. And so there are specific strokes that are gonna be helpful in learning how to control that, right? Because on the river, it's really important to be able to be in control of where your sup goes. Right? There's some navigation that has to take place when you're maneuvering through uh, whitewater. And then from there, we, we do um, an upriver tour where we learn about hydrology. Um, and finish the day with a downriver tour where we learn to put those skills into practice while negotiating some beginner level whitewater. So that's kind of like the, how a beginner class uh, would work. Um, we, have a, we have a local group. So once you've taken one of my classes, you're sort of part of the tribe and you're always welcome to join our, uh, our group for our weekend outings that we do. And we get together on almost every weekend especially when I'm not teaching and, and just get together and paddle for fun. And so that's my way of, of continuing the, the progression, right? And those are not like a, a paid event. That's somewhere where folks come together and, and paddle together. And if you've taken a class with me and you haven't had the opportunity to get your own gear, I'll typically bring gear for folks to be able to use. It's sort of my way of keeping, keeping people hooked with the sport, you know? Yeah. Oh man, that's so awesome. It's really neat that you provide a community for people to come into and continue to practice it too. So, so neat that you do that. What, what's your schedule like coming up this summer? Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll say a real quick thing before I go over the schedule, I'll say a quick thing about the Coloma area. Um, the American river runs through that area and uh, uh, one of the forks of the American river, the South fork of the American river has a uh, control release year round. So we have the ability to paddle on that river throughout the course of the year. There's more releases in the summertime. There's few releases in the, in the winter and there's some releases uh, on a weekday in the spring and in the fall. So we basically paddle when there's releases, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and so basically you're doing it all year, you're doing it all year round. Year round. Yeah. Obviously okay. the clothing, the clothing that you wear is different, you know, uh, this time of year versus in December. Um, <laughs> so that you can stay nice and warm when you're swimming in the, in the water in the middle of winter. But uh, the, the fun factor is, is the same as long as you're dressed properly. So this is definitely a sport that folks can do year round, especially in the California area. So we have an advantage to other parts of the world where 
the season is relatively short. Um, and so that, that's, that's, that's a cool thing that we, that we have here. Uh, in terms of my schedule, I'm actually getting ready to go up to uh, the Trinity River, uh, one of the clubs, the local clubs. I organize the 4th of July trip for them. So that's coming up this weekend. And then uh, uh, on to Southern Oregon with uh, uh, folks from our group uh, to paddle on the Umpqua River. Uh, coming back for a short break and some work, and then I'm headed to Europe for a couple weeks. So a month of July is going to be pretty busy, but uh, in August, I'm going to be um, around all month, and I have uh, classes booked on, uh, on every weekend of August. There's a couple of spots still available on two of the beginner classes, but it'll basically be one day of class, one day of play. So um, if you've taken a class um, or if you have some experience and you want to join our group, for some of the, the play days, uh, there'll be plenty of opportunities in August. And classes typically go through the end of October. So uh, there's plenty of time for folks that want to come and join for a class and learn a little bit more about the sport. Davide, thank you so much for being a part of Play Hard and Love Big Radio and for sharing your insight on stand-up paddleboarding on the river. And in my eyes, more importantly, your commitment to creating community within the sport that you're passionate about and that you love. To get a hold of Davide and to notice and check out the workshops that he's doing this year, head to theriversupguy.com or head to Facebook and check out The River Sup Guy. Spotted Dog Yoga and Sub Shop is a proud retailer of Holly Gear paddle boards. Holly Gear paddle boards have everything that you need to take on your white water or all water adventure. So whether you want to do a three to four class rapid, or if you want to just head out and anchor down and do a mellow yoga session, we've got boards for you. Oh, even fishing boards. You want to learn how to fish on a paddleboard? We got that too. If you would like a private consultation or to speak directly to me on figuring out what the right board is for you, you can give us a text message at 1-916-990-1720. Davide, you're the man. Everyone have a great rest of the evening. Namaste.